Someone has ruined everything. They've sown weeds in beside the wheat. It's an outrage. We should rip the weeds out. Even though we don't know anything about farming. Or the impact that might have on the young wheat. And then Jesus tells us a story that causes us to pause and reflect. To see ourselves in a different light. Hi, welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and I get to be the minister here. We're so glad that you've joined us from wherever you find yourself today. You're welcome here and loved by God. Today, we're tackling another one of those problematic parables that Jesus tells. This one is about wheat and weeds. So let's listen as Alan reads it for us. Our reading today comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30, followed by verses 36 to 43. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in this field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out his kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. There's an old Chinese story that tells the story of a farmer who has a son. One day their only horse runs away. And the people from the town come and commiserate. Oh, what terrible news about your horse running away. The farmer says, I don't know. I don't know if it's good news or bad news. We'll have to wait and see. The next day, the horse returns to the farm with two other horses. The villagers come and they share their excitement. What great news. Now you have three horses. The farmer says, "Eh, I don't know if it's good news or bad news. We'll have to wait and see. The next day, the son goes out to train one of the new horses and falls and breaks his back. The villagers come to commiserate. What terrible news about your son and his back. The farmer says, "Eh, I don't know if it's good news or bad news. We'll have to wait and see. The day after, the recruiter for the military comes along to conscript all able-bodied young men. The villagers come by. What great news about your son not having to go to the army. The farmer says, I don't know if it's good news or bad news. We'll have to wait and see. We live in a very binary world. 
We view the world like the villagers. It's either good news or bad news. And that's the problem the parable we read in Matthew's Gospel addresses. Matthew's story of Jesus can be pretty hard work at times. Its writer seems pretty harsh. There's lots of stuff about judgment going on. It's Matthew who talks about separating wheat and chaff, sheep from goats, and some people being taken and some being left behind. It's Matthew who tells us that the weeds will be thrown into the furnace and fire and there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's good stuff. It could get all shouty and scare the living daylights out of you all. And in some ways, there'll be nothing wrong when doing that. This is serious stuff. We should absolutely pay attention to this story about right and wrong. Last week, we had a parable about the sower who scatters seeds and it falls in the path on the rocks and and the weeds and on the good soil. And we wondered about each part of the story because that's what parables are for, to help us to wonder about difficult things that aren't always as straightforward as they might seem to be. I suggested then that we might have an order of operations, a bit like the Bodmas mass questions. Our order would firstly be to read the parable, to wonder about it. What might this be about? Because parables are never just about one thing. Next we wonder where God is in the story. In these parables, God isn't always a character, so we need to be very careful not to try to shoehorn God in there. Thirdly, we wonder, who could I be in the story? To do that, we wonder about all the parts of the story and imagine what being in each position would mean for us. And finally, we wonder, what's the message for me now? So let's have a go. What is this story about? It's about, well, perhaps it's about playing the long game. It's about me not being the person to judge. It's about the danger of trying to sort out stuff when you don't really see the collateral damage. Maybe. Maybe it's about all of those things. A man plants some wheat. During the night, an enemy comes and plants weeds and the servants don't understand what's happened. Who would do such a thing? That's a good question. Who would do such a thing? It's a pretty sneaky thing to do, isn't it? Scatter some weeds in with the wheat when they're just seeds so nobody knows there's a problem until they start to grow. The servants are outraged on their master's behalf. That seems to be a feature of modern life too. People being outraged on behalf of others. I wonder why that happens. Especially in this case. I've used the word servant so far but actually most translations call them slaves. So people with no autonomy. People who are owned. Told what to do. Not even paid for their work. They're the ones who are annoyed on behalf of their master. What's even more strange is that It was the master who did the sowing, so it's not even as if it's all their hard work that's been ruined. So why are they angry? Perhaps, well perhaps it's because this is an act of sabotage. The wheat will feed everyone. It will make bread for the master and for the slaves. The weeds could affect the whole crop. And they quite understandably want to go weeding. They want to tear out the offending plants. Jesus says, no, don't do that. You'll only damage the wheat and then you'll have nothing. Just leave them to grow together and those who take in the harvest will sort them out and burn all the weeds. And here I think is where the metaphor collapses. There's a problem with this story and it's highlighted by our desire to separate and categorise and judge. Wheat 
is always weed, and weeds are always weeds. They can't change. Trying to sort it out would do more harm than good. And that's where the parable collapses, because to be honest, I need the possibility of changing from weeds into wheat to be true. If the weeds can't change, then we're all in big trouble. And if there was no chance of change, then there's no point to any of it. Jesus teaches his followers to pray for their own forgiveness, as well as to help others to forgive and to forgive others themselves. That's about change. That's about transformation. That's about new life. If it was impossible to change, then there'd be absolutely no point in Jesus sending his disciples out into the world at the end of Matthew's gospel to make more disciples. In the context of this parable, that's about weeds becoming wheat. Of course, it's also possible that in the bigger context that the wheat could become weeds too, and that's part of Jesus' warning. People need time to grow and to change and to bear fruit and to mess up and to work it out and to try again. God knows all this. God is patient with us, thankfully. The message at the heart of this story is, I think, that our patience needs to be like God's. This isn't a story about doing nothing. It's not a story that removes any consequences. God's judgment in Matthew's gospel is real. But it's always about helping us. Helping us to choose better, to live better, to be better. Part of that self-improvement is to stop being so willing to write other people off, to see people as different or wrong or worthless, to consign them all to the bad fire for all eternity. This is a story about God's willingness to wait for us. And that's good news. Good news for all of us. Daily your mercy 
Living God, we give thanks for all the good things that we have seen grow in the course of our lives, sometimes in the most unpromising soil, for difficult times which have helped us to understand the difficulties that other people face, for painful losses which have helped us to value people and things that do not last forever, for hard questions that have led us more deeply into the mystery of our faith. We give thanks for farmers and fishing crews, for all who grow food and catch it, prepare it, transport it to market and sell it, so that we can enjoy an abundance that we take too easily for granted. We pray for those whose livelihoods are at risk, and whose children this week may not be fed. As we emerge from a time of hardship with new appreciation of all that we have, and a new determination to make the world a fairer and better place, we give thanks for those who sow the seeds of faith, of hope, of imagination, and whose gifts are in short supply. May their work bear a rich harvest. Gladly we think of those who cheer us by singing in the darkness, those who draw us gently into their laughter, and help us to smile at ourselves, and those who pray for us when we've forgotten how to pray for ourselves. Gracious God, we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ, charged with representing him in the world and with tending the fragile seeds of his kingdom. Help us not to be too distracted by the weeds, but to focus on the fresh green shoots of new life. May we not choke that life with the tangled thorns of our rules and regulations, of our doctrines and dogma and clever future plans. Keep us faithful in our planting and our watering, and are waiting for the rich harvest that is your glory and your gift. Hear us as we pray the words Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Go and sow. Go and scatter. Go and spread the word of God in the world. Tell the world that the word of God is the song of love for all. Go and be blessed. Blessed by God, known to us as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Today and always. Thank you.